Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we've got a real cool guest sitting on our couch. She drove in from across the city, not realizing what part of the city we were in. <laughs> and it's probably in pure bloody regret that she agreed to come all the way to the East End. Yeah, I think we shocked the hell out of her when she walked through the door uh about half an hour ago, she, her eyeballs looked like, whoa, you weren't kidding when you said East End. You weren't kidding. It could have been worse. We could have been like Durham. Yeah, right. yeah, Then you yeah. definitely would have said no. <laughs> pretty much Durham. Hey, everyone, it's Amanda. And yeah, we are pretty much Durham. We're like Northeast Scarborough. So we border Markham and Pickering. Um, today, we're talking to Dr. Kate, who's a naturopathic doctor in Toronto, not as far east as we are, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's here to talk about a bunch of things, but we're really going to focus on on auricular medicine because it was something that Mark started to get really interested in and was seeing some stuff online and I had actually never heard of it. I, when, I haven't heard of it either until I saw some dude on Facebook <laughs> and uh, I guess he teaches it out in Nova Scotia or something like that and I was like, mm, should I contact him? I kind of want to, but I don't, but I do, but I don't because I'd rather have someone sit on our couch. So yeah, he just started researching practitioners in the GTA that practice auricular medicine and when he first said it to me, my response was auricular ear medicine okay sure we're gonna talk about ears all right i'm in because <laughs> i think a whole bunch of massage therapists if we didn't know they don't know true true and uh this could be definitely beneficial for a massage therapist to know at least for you know, referrals or whatever that case is yeah. i do have to ask you a question though yep. the doctor and the first name you guys were riffing with this off mic why is that? Why is it that every Cairo I know, every naturopathic doctor I know goes by doctor and then first name? I don't know. I think just because like the we're different than Western medicine and most Western medical doctors, you have to call them doctor last name. Right. And I think we just want to be more approachable and more... I don't know, relax. Like we're not wearing white coats. We're not. It is a more personal feeling. I know when I when I sit with my naturopath, I mean, an appointment with her is 60 to 90 minutes. Exactly. It's not the 15 yeah. minutes that I get with my GP. Yeah, like you really get to know each other. Yeah. So I yeah. think it just feels a little bit more comfortable being Dr. Kate for me. All right. Well, now we know her name. So thank you, Dr. Kate, for coming all the way over here. (laughs) And uh, before we start, can you introduce yourselves to our audience, sort of let people know um, who you are, how long you've been practicing as a naturopathic doctor, if you have any other letters behind your name and what your practice focuses on here in Toronto? Okay. Um, So I'm Dr. Kate Hunter. I'm a naturopathic doctor in Toronto. I practice... um, general medicine, but I seem to have a focus on um, gut health and autoimmune disorders. I personally used to have Crohn's disease, so I kind of just seem to call in autoimmune disease patients. Um, I've been practicing since 2012. I went to school at Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine here in Toronto. Um, And I practiced actually in Cayman Islands for two years and then in Toronto since. um, Oh, let's talk about that first. It was cool. How does um, that how does that happen? Um I at the time was dating someone who moved to Cayman Islands for um a job and so I went with him and it was I was the only naturopath that had ever been there that was there so it was really really cool. You were the only naturopathic yeah. doctor that I had ever practiced in the Cayman Islands. So were you busy there? Did you have I was pretty- really busy. It was Amazing. awesome. Um which was a bit, bit of an eye opener coming back to Toronto cuz Toronto's quite saturated. Mm-hmm. Um but I I seemed to have found my niche again back in Toronto pretty much doing um yeah, like autoimmune disease, gut stuff. I do a lot of stress, anxiety, depression, 
Um, and then I use auricular and bioenergetic medicine as basically like my testing tool. Can I ask you a question about your schooling? How much soft tissue work do you do? Because we have a buddy who TAs a class on, I don't know, what what, what yeah. class is it? So there's a massage component. Okay. So massage and hydrotherapy. I, I think it's still structured like that. Well, it was when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a first year course. Um, I think it's maybe, I think we did probably like a couple hours a week, probably two hours a week um for how long for the first year it was basically okay. just the first year okay um where you basically like learn massage yeah. techniques you learn hydrotherapy techniques who teaches that is it a massage therapist that yeah teaches massage that? therapist for sure cool cool because cool. Our, our buddy who who who's a long he's been a massage therapist for a long time and he also used to teach at a couple of private career colleges he now tas there cool. in that class yeah are we talking about phil oh okay yeah. phil phil was my massage teacher at yeah. massage school uh-huh. shout out to phil if you're not listening we're not friends anymore oh <laughs> <laughs> All right. So can we start with some definitions? Because as I said at the beginning, as Mark said, we had never heard of auricular medicine. Can you give us a quick and dirty, simple definition? What is that? So I practice auricular and bioenergetic medicine. So I, my patient lies down basically on a massage table. I take their pulse. So I'm, I'm using their pulse and their energetic field. Um, around their ear. So I'm using like their energetic reflex based on their ear. So I'm using a two-phase filter, which is almost um, like a positive and a negative charge. And I move my hand in and out from their ear to see where their energetic field is at and see where their pulse bounds. Can we slow this down? I I, I look at you and you look like you're like, okay, yeah, right. I'm like, and I'm, so, I'm lost in space right well, I mean, now. I understand <laughs> the basic idea of what's happening. but it's, Yeah, um, I understand the basics, but yeah. yeah it sounds anymore. pretty witchy. So um You use their, so you take the patient's pulse, wherever the pulse bounds is basically where their field is. And it's a radial pulse always? Yep, radial pulse. Um, And so you're you're measuring where, um, like basically how out of balance they are how out of balance their field is from their body. Because if everything's in balance, if everything on the inside is working properly, their energetic field will be tightly into their body. You figure out where their field is, how, how basically out of balance they are. And then from there, you go through this different, um, basically a, a sequence of figuring out where the blockages are. So mm-hmm. where in their body, organ-wise, and almost like organ system-wise, things are blocked. And then under those filters, so say I was testing like the liver filter, mm-hmm. and their pulse bound, like was really bounding and their field came out of balance, then I would use different naturopathic tools to get their, their body back in balance under that organ filter. So, okay, when you say if you were testing their liver filter, so I understand the pulse component. Yeah. What are you actually doing with the ear? Like I know it's similar to reflexology in that there's different energetic zones, right? So are you, when you said you're moving your hand in and out, are you like touching certain points with something? No, so I'm not touching their ear. I'm using something called a three-phase filter. Um, so basically, I the, the patient's hooked up to two copper plates. So okay. copper doesn't have a charge. So it lets me test the different organ filters and then test them for different supplements and see how their pulse responds to the frequencies of those supplements. Okay. So it's I know it's hard to understand. I wish we could have like a visual demonstration. But the copper plates let me like play with different supplements and see what happens versus putting them on their body. So it's a little bit like applied kinetics. Okay. So you know when someone has to like hold their their grip, like their their middle finger and their thumb together, and mm-hmm. people measure how how strong their grip is when they test them for different things. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but using the pulse because okay. the pulse never gives up, right? So if you're doing applied kinetics and you're always trying to see how strong their grip is, like they might just get tired. Mm-hmm. So. You like I, I just find it's a bit more of an objective test using the pulse because the pulse is never going to give up. Right. So the organ filters, which this is going to sound 
witchy. Um, they basically have like a, they're like plastic filters and inside of them is like a piece of um, the the organ that you're testing. So when people donate their bodies to science and, you know, they have like, oh, their liver, there's actually a not piece. actual organ, but the this piece of um, cloth basically yeah. like felt has been dipped in one of those jars that holds the resonance of that organ. So when oh. you put it on, when you put that organ filter, like the plastic piece that then has the resonance, when you put that piece on the copper plate, you can tell if that person's body is out of balance for that specific thing. Okay. So their pulse will bound and their field will come out. And you're using the auricular arc, like the auricular energetic arc to measure it. So it, so then you prompt the person's body. So say your liver's out of balance, mm-hmm. Mark. Um I would prompt your body for treatment or remedy and see what happens to the pulse. So if the pulse in the field dissipate on either of my prompts, then I'll go that route. So say they come up for treatment, then I'll I'll figure out what point on the ear they need an acupuncture point. If they come up for remedy, then I go through like my naturopathic tool belt where I basically figure out under what filter so say we're still under liver i'll go through all the herbs i can think of for liver all my vials so i have all these different vials all these different herbs that help the liver and whatever balances them the best meaning their pulse dissipates and their field comes back into their body that's the best treatment for them so that has the highest resonance for their healing capabilities so it's a very you come up with a very 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 tailored specific plan Mm -hmm. per patient because like, for example, like, you know, if I had Crohn's disease and you had Crohn's disease, we should technically be on different remedies. Right. There shouldn't be a protocol for each pathology. Right. So you're not necessarily looking to diagnose a disease. It's like, where is the imbalance in your body? We're going by organ. So yep. you might not necessarily know what's going on with this person's liver, but you know something is. And then it's, yep. how do we treat it? Are we going to use acupuncture? Are we going to use herbs and... Homeopathic remedies. Right. Like sometimes I'll use energetic remedies. Like sometimes, you know, like in traditional Chinese medicine, the, the liver, um, it governs the emotion anger. So if someone comes in and they're just like, you know, blowing up at their spouse, I could maybe give them an energetic remedy under the organ filter, the liver filter Mm -hmm. to balance them. Okay. So it basically just gives the body so much choice and it gives them the choice to heal on a non-physical level because you can use different filters that are like soul body one, soul body two. So like their connection to source basically. And that might be what's out of whack. That's giving them heart palpitations. Not that sounds a little witchy. It is <laughs> versus like it's, I was with you with the liver, right? Yeah, it might not be physical liver, or physical heart. It might be um, like the emotional body or the soul body, right? That you need to treat. That's represents presenting itself as those. By the way, just so you know, like I am actually very much a huge believer in this type of stuff. I Energy makes sense to me. Bioenergy makes sense to me. Um, organs and emotions make sense to me. But there's definitely going to be people listening to this going, sure. show okay, me the evidence. Yeah, show me totally. the evidence. Show me the research. Well, I guess I can be the evidence. Yeah. So I, at 23, was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Um, I went through the Western medicine route. Mm-hmm. I think this is why I don't find it witchy or weird because I feel like I'm the byproduct of auricular and bioenergetic medicine. So I did like the prednisone, the steroids, um, and I just got more sick. Like I was extremely thin, like, and and it was never really treating why I had Crohn's disease in the first place, like turning off your immune system. Like I just didn't believe that that was a lifelong cure for me personally. Mm -hmm. 
So I went and saw um, this brilliant naturopath in Milton. So it's a um, husband-wife team. Mm -hmm. So his name is Michael Adams and his wife's name is Allison Adams. And he teaches the auricular. He basically founded the Auricular Institute. So he teaches auricular and bioenergetic medicine. He's a very well-known naturopath and he's awesome and cool and great. So when I went to see them, this is the testing that they did. So mm-hmm. my my body came up for different things outside of like a Crohn's protocol because I presented differently. Right, I'm right. a different person. I don't fit into a protocol. So um, yeah, I followed obviously their recommendations religiously and I'm totally Crohn's free. Like my last colonoscopy, not one single anything. Wow. Ulcer, blemish, anything. So they've actually like taken it off my record. They're like, yeah, you're good. So they wouldn't, they didn't even say like my last gastroenterologist didn't even say you're in remission. He was like, no, you're, you do not have Crohn's disease. Mm. Wow. So like I know it works and I, I specifically believe in this method of testing because you get an individualized prescription. Yeah, that I'm definitely all for. How long has auricular medicine been around? Do you know that? A long, I don't know the exact dates, a long time. So it's based on the principles of um, this doctor called Dr. Noje in France. And then Dr. Adams, Dr. Michael Adams, basically um, kind of like streamlined it and um, offers courses to naturopathic doctors. And my assumption is that there is actual research that you can find like documented evidence that yes. this actually does work. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because again, like I said, I'm, you don't ever have to try to convince me. Uh-huh. I'm like, yep, I understand. It makes sense. Um, but there's definitely going to be people who are listening who are thinking, okay, so you use a filter and you check a pulse yeah. and you put an acupuncture needle in it. Yeah. I don't get it. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds weird, but you're basically, it's, it's similar to applied kinetics where you're giving the, the patient's body the chance to decide what it what it needs because mm-hmm. like who am i to sit there and say what is is best for their body if we can ask their body what it needs for healing it might not be textbook protocols right right and it might be like you know if someone comes in and is having like heart palpitations but they lost their grandmother the week before then this this method will find like a homeopathic remedy for loss and grief right versus me giving them something like i don't know taurine for their heart mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing there's too many variables when it comes to human body like there there shouldn't be a protocol per disease or per exactly. ailment yeah. because there's so many factors genetic factors you know are you actually looking at somebody's dna makeup when you're you're coming up with a treatment protocol no we're right. obviously not and then there's lifestyle factors and what the person eats and how much they exercise and sleep and everything like the list is infinite the number of variables there are so i definitely like the fact that there are um, diagnostic tools like this that can figure out what does your body need not what do you have and this is what we do for it exactly and like you know there's there's a little bit of medical intuition so like when the the person gets on the table and i i touch like i feel their pulse you guys know this as massage therapists you can feel like somebody resonating if they're super anxious, right? Like mm-hmm. you can feel that someone feels that they're like plugged into a wall. So just even using that and then, you know, taking that cue and then looking under their adrenal glands and seeing what's up with that, right. and seeing how to balance that is. So yeah, most of my patients, I don't necessarily say like I'm using this, you know, energetic reflex from your ear and I'm, I, I basically just say like, I'm I'm going to do, I'm going to test your pulse and see what's out of balance. Yeah. They don't necessarily need to know exactly what's going on because I think if you but did they do, try, like they, they definitely deserve to know exactly what's going absolutely. on. Absolutely. I mean, you have to get informed consent and, but I mean, to break down the science for the patients mm-hmm. is probably a, a little, little much yeah. and it might cause people to. But patients feel better 
when they get off the table. Yeah. Right. Because you're basically like you're you're asking their body and using all these different remedies. And when you use all the remedies on the plate, you're basically giving them those frequencies. Mm-hmm. So it like when they're when they're hooked up to the two copper plates, it's, it's as if that all that's inside their body. So when they sit up when I'm, you know, done taking their pulse, they just like feel back in their body. They feel calm and a little bit more settled in themselves. And that's the goal. I always wondered what my naturopath was. And I never asked her really, but every time I go to see her, she's taking my pulse and she's writing notes as she's taking my pulse mm-hmm. and she's taking my pulse in different places. And it's yep. So that's traditional Chinese medicine pulse. Yeah. So she'd be taking, yeah, like three pulses on each side yes. um, and measuring at different depths what's happening organ wise on mm-hmm. the inside. So I'm doing something similar. I'm just offering the body... Um, a different remedy selection based on all the supplements that I have. Like I have all these different little vials and I test right. each vial to see what their body wants. I'm blown. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm such a mechanical musculoskeletal guy, like stuff like this just goes like... Mark's also me. the ambassador it for Western like, medicine. It just so shoots out the back. I love brain. it when somebody who practices more Eastern techniques can get his attention. Yeah. Because typically I'm the person <laughs> saying like, you know, let's figure out what the problem is. And, you know, there's probably supplements supplements or herbs and he's like give me the drugs yeah and and like like drugs and i could like i get that that's you know the society we live in and i I just work around that so someone will bring their drugs in i'll put those on the copper plate and then see what they resonate for right like i can't give someone a protocol who's on you know ace inhibitors Mm -hmm. i can't give them the typical protocol because you've got to work around that medication so this Mm -hmm. is another way for people to bring in their medication and me see what happens to their pulse when they take that medication right which is usually a bit crazy and then try to balance them with what i can around what they're taking wow so the whole the whole point is to balance the patient on the table Mm. and sometimes people will come up for stuff that i've never even thought of or heard of right which is why i love using it because it goes so much farther beyond my objective knowledge or my objective perspective of that specific patient. Explain that. What do you mean? Like, um, so say, let's just keep on the liver example. So say they come up, their, their liver's out of balance, and I test them for um, like milk thistle, chelidonium, um, you know, globe artichoke, like all the different things for liver, and they're not, their pulse isn't changing. Mm-hmm. Um, then sometimes I'll say like, okay, um, let's go to like, you know, a gemotherapy, which is like a liquid type. Um, and then I'll go through all the different ones I have and their pulse of balance for something like really not necessarily what I would have thought of for liver, like something like, I don't know, like, like Juglans Regia, which is like a black walnut. So under the liver filter, they need more of like an antiparasitic, antimicrobial, like mucous membrane support. So this for that is, herb where this I is really sometimes forcing you to be completely impartial, yeah. throw your medical knowledge to the side for a minute and just mm-hmm. listen to the patient's body. Exactly. Like my medical knowledge will always be there because me me deciding what to to prompt them for under the liver filter is my naturopathic education, right. like knowing those herbs and knowing those remedies. Um, but sometimes they come up for stuff that surprises me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like sometimes like if they, they might come up for like, you know, like, I don't know, like cherry where I never had would have thought you know of that but then when you put the whole picture together you're like oh right they they do seem a little bit more like on the gout spectrum Mm -hmm. and the liver needs support filtering and clearing the blood wow but it wouldn't have been my first i wouldn't have you know sat and talked to them and been like oh you need you know you need concentrated cherry bud i just don't want to want to go for an appointment yeah Yeah, this is is blowing me away 
I, if my naturopath is listening, I would never cheat on you, but maybe just, maybe just this once, just so I can try something new. <laughs> totally. You guys, we could do a video podcast. Oh my God. That, we should actually do that. Some of these practitioners we have on, you or I should do videos of us getting treatment. So we had somebody sure. on who does matrix, or two, two women actually who do matrix repatterning. Yes. Yeah. And we could not, I, I felt really bad even by the end of the episode. It was, I struggled. I struggled so much wrapping yeah. my head around the like the theory behind what they do made perfect sense yeah. to us. But the way that the treatments work, I, I still don't understand 100%. But then yeah. one of them stayed back after the episode and was doing some treatment stuff on me. I don't have that many concerns, I guess, where I don't yeah. necessarily know that I felt different. But I mean, she was doing something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we had taped that and maybe put it alongside the episode, it would have made some of our listeners understand a little more, because a lot of them reacted the way that I did. We were getting messages saying like, what the fuck did you guys just put out? Right. <laughs> like it was right. very confusing. Yeah, I hope that this isn't that. Well, also no, the no. inability <laughs> to really be able to describe what you're doing. Like, uh, then how would you do that as a practitioner to a patient? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it was different. I'm not I'm not in any way comparing the auricular medicine yeah. to yeah. the matrix repatterning but I was just thinking about uh, what she just said how cool would that be is if we actually start going to some of these people and we film ourselves getting Done treatment we should, we we should, should do that should. yeah so I'll come book it's, an appointment with you okay great it's it's easier for me to explain to a patient in the office because I can show them like here are the two copper plates here are the two copper leads I'm going to put one on your arm and one on your neck on the neck plate I'm going to test different organ filters and then on the arm plate I'm going to test different remedies to see if they resonate with your body like it's easier for people to like mm -hmm. visually see them mm -hmm. and then when I can show them all my different little vials that I'm testing right it makes more that part sense. makes sense to me I'm still kind of stuck on because we started out with the saying auricular medicine now you mm -hmm. added in the bioenergetic yeah what is this what, we, what did you call it the auricular arc the, like, the reflex arc so um I'm using like the bioenergetic side meaning like the pulse mm -hmm. like the body and then the energetic side using like the the reflex arc of the energetic field from the ear. So what are you actually physically doing with that that Good energetic question. zone? And what are you feel like? Are you only feeling the pulse changes or do you feel something around? Yeah. Here? So I'm trying to match them together. Um, so I have something called a three phase filter, which is basically like holding, you know, a, a positive and negative charge. So I'm not introducing my charge and my frequency. So you're holding into that the, into the hand that is my hand dealing right. with the ear my right hand yeah okay so i'm like sweeping it into their ear basically and it, it when something balances like when the patient's pulse dissipates and their body balances it feels like you're just you're just cutting through butter like it's really smooth when something's um, out of balance like when their pulse is bounding you almost like feel like you hit at the when you're coming into the ear mm. like there's wow. something that pushes your hand back out if you're just like literally like have your hands almost like floppy and you're trying not I'm just trying to like come in on an arc mm -hmm. um, into their field to see if how it pushes me away and what their pulse does. Okay. I've got two questions then. Yeah. <laughs> yep. First being how, how long is the training to do this? So I know this is not part of your formal naturopathic yep. education. This is sort of like a continuing education that you chose to do on your own I because yeah. of your own experience. Yeah. And that, that stems from you getting this treatment though, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So how long is this training? So four years of naturopathic school, yeah. naturopathic degree. Um, and then I did basically almost another year um, under Dr. Michael Adams. Okay. Um, so it's pretty was, extensive training. Yeah, he does. Um, 
he does offer a course. I think it's about eight to 10 weekends. Um, but I was super lucky. Uh, I got to work basically, I got to kind of mentor him in his office and see how he does it. Oh, I guess because you're a patient. Yeah. And I used to know people. I just, I just like (laughs) love him. I love him and his wife so much. So, um, I was really lucky to kind of just like get to watch him in action. Did you find it difficult in the beginning? So, you know, as you're saying, when you're, you're going through this arc, you, it can feel like butter if everything's balanced. Did you find it difficult to really understand what you were feeling? Like, did that take a lot of practice doing Mm. that? That's a great question. I think I'm much better at it now. Like I'm much more in tune to it. And I I can, now I could do it like without the pulse or without the arc. I could use either. Most of the time you you pair them together. I I think, yeah, I've like honed the skill a little bit, which is Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more medical intuition side of things. Um, But at the beginning, I just trusted the process. Like I just trusted um, the different organ filters you go through in the different sequence and just trusted people's bodies. It was going to tell me. Mm Mm-hmm. So most of the patients that you see, is mm-hmm. this a tool that you use like very frequently? Every most, patient. So every patient yeah, you do this. Patient, yeah. um, talk to me about the results then. What are you seeing in your eight years of working as a naturopathic doctor? What have you seen from great, this? Great. The one, the one thing about this testing method is that because you're testing everything, you're testing the whole body, patients tend to come up for more remedies and more supplements than if you went in to a naturopath that doesn't do this. Mm-hmm. So there, there is that piece that I, I, I understand for patients the frustration around that because sometimes my prescription list and like Dr. Michael Adams' prescription list will be sometimes like eight to 10 things. But it's because if one thing's out of balance, it's going to set something else out of balance and you want to treat the whole body synergistically right. together. Um, you know, so so if someone, you know, came in with like tingling fingers, some, not, uh, you know, some naturopaths might be like, oh, take B12 and let's see what happens. But if you really go inside and use the auricular bioenergetic medicine, it could be kidney, it could be nervous system, it right. could be liver. There's so many options. And, right, and yeah. it could be all three of those things and you might need support for all of them. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know why I felt the need to raise that, but it, I think there is sometimes like a bit of patient surprise around the amount of remedies when they come in feeling fairly good. Right. Um, But I've had amazing results, like specifically with autoimmune diseases, because autoimmune diseases, you know, you have to reset the immune system. You have to help the liver. You have to open the liver and the kidney and the bowels to get things out. Right. So if if those if those among trees aren't open and aren't detoxifying, you're going to get cellular accumulation and th- the immune system's going to see that and try to get rid of it, which in- is interpreted a lot of times as autoimmune disease. Right. So if you can help the body get rid of it and basically detoxify and heal the mucous membranes, heal the gut, heal the immune system. I get great results. Like I have a lot, a lot of Crohn's patients that are fully in remission. It's amazing. I guess so long as people follow the protocols, they're going to yeah. see results. But like you said, I know for myself, I'm guilty of it going to see my naturopathic doctor and I trust her 100%. If she tells me this is what you need to do, I trust her and I will be as religious as I can. But I have fallen off the wagon of yeah. following her treatment plan so many times strictly because it is. She'll give me you know, a list of like seven different things and... I, you know, I'll go back to her and I'm like, I'm broke, man. Yeah, I I can't do it. But I always do feel really great when I'm doing what she tells me to do. Yeah. But I think, I think that's where like, I I really hope that I connect with my patients on a different level. Like I've been in their chair. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to have a debilitating autoimmune disease. I know how daunting this process probably seems and I know how expensive it is. Yeah. 
I can now sit, you know, on the other side of the desk and say, like, I did it. I, I really, really put like every compliance I could possibly, you know, come put my mind towards. I did it. And now, like, I don't ever have to like look where a bathroom is. I can like have pizza and a couple glasses of wine with my husband and not like be running to the bathroom. Mm. So in the end, and we owe her a bottle of wine. for <laughs> Just FYI. I'll take it. So I think that's where, and you got to meet everyone where they're at, right? Like if their compliance isn't there right now, maybe it's not the time. Right. You know, and maybe I'm not their person right now and they can always come back and find me. Yeah. That's a good attitude to have because, you know, in, in, our type of work, patient mm-hmm. compliance is like 90% of how to get results. I can For do sure. my assessments. I can do my treatments. I mean, massage therapy is very passive. If my clients are not doing what I've told them to do when they leave my treatment room, yeah. they're not going to get where they need to be. Yeah. And so, you know, they can keep seeing me and seeing me and seeing me. But if there's nothing active being done, well, I'm, I so I somewhat feel like I'm just taking your hundred bucks every time you come in. Right. But then like, and you guys would probably know this based on like the feel of their body i'm sure you can tell when they've done your you know your recommendations or not the thing with auricular and bioenergetic testing i I retest them again Mm -hmm. so like on their follow-up i go through all the same organ filters i go through with so the same filter protocol if if their pulse in their field is worse then obviously they haven't done it if it's better and like you know their supplements change if they go from like a really intense combo liver supplement to just like a mild you know one herbal then you can tell their body's improving yeah and like you can tell when their body doesn't need it too like you can tell when they're over medicated from your it's last like a lie prescription. detector mm. are you doing yeah. what i told yeah. you to do right your body says no right <laughs> and like their body like bodies just take time like this is one thing i tell a lot of patients and i had to wrap my own head around as a patient it's like my body took 23 years to develop crohn's disease it's not going to go away in four months. I've got to so much for saying yeah. that. <laughs> this I've is like give the it the thing. time to unwrap yeah. itself. Yep. This is the thing that patients and myself included. I mean, I'm a patient of somebody's patients need to understand that there is no magic cure. And I think that's part of the problem with Western medicine because is, a majority sure. of, of prescriptions, they're masking symptoms. We haven't fixed anything. We haven't got to the root of the problem. Right. You're not cured. Right you are managing your symptoms. Right. So when people go to a naturopathic doctor or a massage therapist or a chiropractor or an acupuncturist, I mean, the list goes on yeah. and they're not seeing results after three or four visits. The frustration is yeah, through the roof. And I'm like, well, you know, it took how many years for you to get this way? Yeah. And if you think that I'm going to help you get better in two treatments, I probably can't help you. Yeah. It, it's impossible. Um, Extended healthcare benefits really annoy me that way as well because I have so many patients who want to just sort of, you know, they they will make um, a treatment plan with me based on how much coverage they have. And I get it. I I mean, everyone's got expenses and we live in a very expensive city, but you know, somebody who has $300 coverage and they've got a chronic problem that has existed for 19 years. I'm like, well, fuck. Like if we, I can't do this in $300. Yeah. Like I, I would, I would, if I could, I want well, you to be better. That's what I have to tell patients sometimes, you know, the, this, if a patient looks at their list and they're like, wow, I didn't think I was going to be on five things or whatever the number is. And they're like, what, what are the most important? I, I, I write my explanation of why they're on each one, like basically mm-hmm. what they came up for on the table and why I'm recommending each one and they can go home and decide, but I can't say, because I'm like, this is what your body told me. This is right. what, this is, I'm not going to 
say that they're not important because obviously they all play a part Mm -hmm. in synergistically healing everything that's going on. Yeah. I get it from a patient though. I understand. Totally. I understand it. It's just things cost money and there's not yeah. much we can do but yeah i mean i understand it it all Everyone's... depends on how much, how important it is from a exactly. patient i mean it's a all patient priorities. will walk in with a 300 dollars purse and 200 dollars shoes and, sure. and do that all the time but right. has, you know won't want to put out right. the money for something that'll help them i think that's a great point and like the the threat for me as like a 23 year old girl like the if if the western medicine didn't work or if my you know, going the naturopathic route didn't work, I was going to have to get a section of my bowel removed and get a colostomy bag, which like as a 23 year old girl, that is like, what is my summer going to look like? How am I going to wear a bathing suit? You know? (laughs) So it was like, sounds very superficial, but I was really motivated. Also, I didn't want any part of my body taken out. So like I was super motivated to be compliant and I'm so glad I did because now I don't Don't have have any problems. Right. Right. Like, and, and I know everyone's, you know, journey can be a lot different and can be a lot harder, but it, if, if you do the work and if you can be compliant and if you can listen to your body and heal energetically and mentally and spiritually too, which is, I think we're all going to be on that journey for the rest of our lives. Um, your, your body will respond, right? Your body hears what your mind's saying. And what I was really struggling with in my twenties was a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. which I don't think I even saw then. I see it now. So that process too of addressing, you know, my anxieties and probably how it it showed up in my body mm-hmm. has brought me to where I am in my physical body. This is making me think of my dad. This made me think of my dad a lot. Let's in. talk about your dad. He's been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis forever. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's on a shitload of medication. Right. And just recently, when did he have his friggin' part of his... Just over a year ago. Yeah, and then he had to have emergency abdominal surgery. He had like a third of his intestines removed. a third of his, third intestines, of his intestines removed, intestines oh, removed wow. because right? they were necrotic. See, and yeah. isn't that super interesting? So rheumatoid arthritis, everyone's like, oh, it's just joints. Yeah. It's just in the joints. But your whole immune system, the house of your immune system, is your gut yep. so it's interesting that he like is you know the place that's that's attacking the joints is also being attacked mm-hmm. and then yeah. if you look at the gut energetically which like this is i love to do this with every patient the gut is responsible energetically for letting go mm. keeping things in and letting go like that would be a piece that i would also look at like where are they at as far as like you know things i can offer them as energetic support in the form of homeopathic remedies to help with that it's good shit to know i think shit, you literally. would be you would be a good patient i'm scared to hear how messed up my body is to be honest with you I, i'm i'm an ignorance is bliss kind of guy but which is be super surprised? frustrating as his wife by the way i because i see all of the different things that he struggles with i mean we talked about it on a recording yesterday he's got chronic pain he has herniated discs he's got nerve damage and on top of it now he's starting to get pain in his joints and there's mm-hmm. there's things going on and I keep saying to him there is stuff we can do totally but then he'll say to me we're not talking about this right now <laughs> which by the way I'm gonna get in so much shit when you leave so just stay okay. <laughs> <laughs> but your body is so resilient and when you give it what it needs versus giving it a protocol that someone's decided someone's body needs your, your body's gonna actually take that stuff and utilize it mm-hmm. and heal mm-hmm. like that's what our bodies are meant to do right yeah, yeah for sure yeah 
and I'm not trying to bring up the matrix repatterning people again, but that's all they kept saying is we listen to the body and listen to what it wants and Mm -hmm. allow it to heal itself. Make the connections for me. Yeah, no, definitely. This this makes a lot of sense to me. And um, as I said, I studied foot reflexology a couple of years ago, and at first, I will admit I was skeptical. Like I I sort of understood the whole zone theory and I understand energy blockages and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't until I started actually using it on patients and seeing Mm. the results that I was like oh there's something to this yes it's interesting yeah Yeah. and yeah I find that with with patients and I think the coolest thing for me is when patients come up for stuff that I didn't think of Mm -hmm. which is great it's you know it keeps you modest because we're never going to know everything and like everyone knows their body the best yeah their own body the best so I just try to follow that lead do you have I mean obviously without Uh, compromising patient confidentiality do you have like a specific case that comes to mind of something that was super interesting or something that you never would have expected like as far as like remedies that they came up for anything just something that you could share that was like really eye-opening for you in your practice yeah um like I kind of touched on it before but like I had this this one patient with like um like chronic chest pain and and the sensation of heart palpitations and they'd like had their EKG and their ECG and they'd gone and like, you know, had their heart checked and cardiologist and it was always fine. And it was interesting. So like under the heart filter, it was totally out of balance, um, totally out of balance, meaning like their pulse was, was bounding and their field was really um, mm-hmm. like buoyant. Like I couldn't get inside their field. And so then I, I just started prompting for, for treatment or remedy and they came up for remedy and then I I asked for different remedies. So I went under like the homeopathic. I asked for homeopathics and their pulse like totally balanced for that. Um, and then I, I tested them for a bunch of different remedies and they came up for this one remedy that's quite um, well known called Ignatia, mm-hmm. but really high dose. It was Ignatia CMK, which is like really, I don't know, potent in the homeopathic world. Um, and then when I asked them what had had happened um their their dog and their grandmother had passed away like one month before and one was like even a week before oh so i gave them this remedy and like on the table they just like broke down and sobbed and like that just seemed to almost like break the fever you know like like the body was interpreting this loss and this sorrow and this grief which makes so much sense in the heart chakra Mm -hmm. right like everything was so stagnant in the heart chakra and this remedy and like obviously them crying and releasing a little bit of it really shifted things and all the heart stuff went away. Wow. So it's cool. Like it's just so cool what the body might need that isn't in the form of like a pill or a vitamin. Right. So those are always my favorite cases. That is so cool. Yeah. Any unsuccessful stuff that you've had? For sure. Like um, the unsuccessful stuff I, I find is more like the patients you guys spoke about, like that really want to stick with within their um their benefits and if they don't have a health spending account and you know like i i test like the supplements i i test for a really high grade they're like the best you can get i use certain brands so then the patients that are like well i don't i don't want to pay for that high grade i want to you know get them at shoppers drug mart can i get this at walmart (laughs) right like exactly what do i get and then those are always tricky conversations because Mm -hmm. i'm like you tested specifically for this specific combo remedy and now you're going to leave and do something totally different it's going to be unfortunate that you're not going to get the results you're looking for when you come back in Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to lie and say like oh your liver's so great it's improved like if they come up for the same stuff second time around a month later i'm going to tell them yeah you know and i think a lot of people too like they want that western medicine result quickly you know like i have a couple patients like a couple um, menopausal patients that are really struggling with sleep 
And, you know, that's like a common symptom with menopause. And, you know, sleep is an instant, like the way that your body has figured out that it needs to be hypervigilant and hyper awake all the time is like a long, long, long process of years of stress. Right. Like your body thinks it's in sympathetic mode. So, of course, it's not going to go to sleep. And then you've just gone through this process, this menopausal process, which is very yang, like it up, uproots the yin. So you've got this long-term stress combined with an uprooted yin and they want like instant results. They want like a lorazepam. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it doesn't work like Give that. Give me the sleeping pill. Um, speaking of sleep, this has nothing to do, but I, <laughs> uh, Mark makes fun of me constantly because when we're laying in bed, if we can't sleep, I will just turn off the lights, get comfortable and like lay there with my eyes closed. And he always says to me, how can you just pretend to sleep and fall asleep? Like that doesn't work. But I <laughs> feel like, you make it. <laughs> but I feel like I have to just get comfortable and get relaxed and have the darkness you know like right, i have to sleep get, hygiene right yeah. it's i if i'm if i want to sleep i have to put myself in a position to sleep but he can't do that if he is feeling really tired he has to do something until he gets to that point if i can't stay awake anymore like exhaustion. so he will he'll like watch a tv show or whatever but that doesn't always work for me. So anyway, he makes fun of me constantly. He's like, you just pretend to sleep and then somehow you fall asleep. <laughs> but okay, from somebody in your field, doesn't that make more sense? Like, shouldn't you be like in a relaxed position to go to sleep? Totally. Like setting yourself up for success, right? Like, see, that's I there you go. <laughs> I just, I just can't lie there and fall asleep. I have to be doing something. The only problem though is because I lay down and, you know, pretend to sleep as he calls it, the number of times he wakes me up when I'm actually sleeping because he wants to check if I'm sleeping or pretending to sleep. <laughs> like, surprise, I'm asleep. I was actually sleeping that time. Thank oh, you. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah. But that's what you want patients to do, right? Like that's that's great compliance. You want patients to be committed to healing and committed to what their body can do. Mm-hmm. And like I, I have you know, some of the other unsuccessful cases are patients that, you know, leave my office and drink 18 bottles of wine a week and like smoke like crazy. Like, right. it, you're not going to get the same effect if you're putting these, you know, you know, like poor substances into your body when you're right. trying to do something healthy. Mm. And you got to meet each patient where they're at. Like, that's fine. Like, I have one patient who smokes like 25 cigarettes a day, but she wants to, to she's working we're working on fibromyalgia so like that's a that's a huge component right and I, I make her aware of that and that her results are probably not going to be as quick and as fast as she would like them to be yeah but my goal with her is supporting kidneys liver and bowels and opening those up so that we can start detoxifying so like all this time mm-hmm. and all this damage that she's done by this you know consuming this one substance at least we have everything open to get it out. There's so many roadblocks for us that work in healthcare because we know now, like obviously there's the obvious ones like cigarettes or alcohol or right. cannabis or whatever that, you know, might be causing some issues in the body. But then there's just food. Like yeah. our food is so tainted and yeah. sugar. Everything has hidden sugar. I feel like eventually we're going to have like sugar coated lettuce. Like everything <laughs> is just full of sugar. Well, you have kids, you know, in like the kids food aisle of the grocery store, like everything is oh fluorescent God. packaging and like full of crap. Yeah, absolutely. When my kids were little, little, like I'm, you know, maybe zero to two, mm-hmm. I would you know, I would just get regular, like plain, full fat yogurt. And I would add my own like I would make berry sauces from fruit. So it was just fruit yeah, and yogurt yeah. and whatever. And eventually, as they got older, maybe through going to friends houses or whatever, they discovered 
like the actual like flavored drinkable yogurt. The yops. Yeah. Yeah. They're obsessed with those now. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to give you this bottle of sugar. Have fun at school today. And (laughs) And it's tough too because like it kind of goes back to like, you know, adults in Western medicine, like all their friends have them. All their friends are, you know, doing the ops and like all of our, you know friends or patients are like also doing western medicine and i don't mean there isn't a place for it of course there is but but it's it's not the be all end all yeah yeah it's hard to see like really a blank canvas with great results when you're medicating we also live in a world of as you said high stress i did hear that even though i was talking about yogurt but um (laughs) sorry i we live in a world of high stress and convenience being king, totally. right? So it's everything we do is based on how convenient is this for me? You know, nobody wants to take the extra stra- step to make things from scratch or do their own home cooking. Mm-hmm. So something like naturopathic medicine, even though we might know like really deep down in our soul that this is what's going to work for me. And if I put in the work, I'm going to get better. It's not convenient. It's not fast enough. It's right. not giving me what I want right now. Right. And I believe most people function on what is the most convenient. You know, we were joking yesterday with somebody about, um, we were watching a comedian and he was talking about how in America, it's, you never even have to leave your house, you know, Amazon Mm -hmm. Prime. And there was this whole joke about there should be an Amazon Prime now where you can click buy and it's put in your hand that very second. Like that's how convenient people need things. So if you're talking about going and getting, you know, having you diagnose somebody and then giving them this treatment plan that might take, you know, I assume some of them could take a year or two years. Like it depends on how, excuse my language again, but how fucked up your body is to determine how long it's going to take to get better. Exactly. And if it's going to take too long, people give up. Yeah. Like I would say it took for me like three full years of like anti-inflammatory diet. That's it. And if you think about that in the grand scheme of your life, three years is nothing. Nothing. It's the thing when you're in it, when you're in it, it feels like, like a lot, but I did like anti-inflammatory diet. Um, and then like different remedies, different supplements, different herbs, different homeopathic remedies. Like I was like all in for three years, which was expensive. It was, you know, not always the most fun thing to be doing. And you were like, 23. You were probably annoyed as shit that totally you couldn't just go drinking with your friends exactly. and go to McDonald's after. <laughs> right. Like, like I would occasionally like have a, I don't know, I guess what, what do you would call it? Like a cheat day or whatever and have a couple glasses of wine. But it like now I don't ever have to think about it. And like, I'm, I'm so glad that like the, the risk for me was so high back then because I it made me really compliant. Yeah. And I think that's it. People have to be pushed to this is your only option now before I'm generalizing. There are people who I I even have some friends that sometimes I just can't believe how much effort they put into their health. And when I say I can't believe, not that everybody shouldn't be doing that, but just majority of people don't, you know, like I've got a couple of friends who, you know, they're really focused on eating well and making sure they get exercise and enough sleep. And, you know, it's that is their their top priority is their health, which it should be for everybody. If you're unhealthy, yeah. what is the point of having money or right. freedom or leisure? Like, there is no point if you're not if well. You can't enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, we can preach this all day long, but still, at the end of the day, it's not convenient. <laughs> right. So nobody's gonna do right. it. <laughs> but I, I see a lot of patients where like I'm their last resort. You know, right. like they're like I've gone the Western medicine route. Mm-hmm. I've tried this and this, and you know, now I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like hilarious. It's like okay, no pressure. <laughs> 
But I, I honestly like I almost like those patients the best because they're always going to be the most compliant. Yeah. I want to go back to the sleep one more time and get your thoughts on this. I'm finding these days, you know how everything becomes a trend at some point, you know, yeah. kale's been a trend, quinoa was a tra- trend, yeah, she is a yeah, trend. There's always yeah. trends, right? Keto is a trend. Yeah. Um, I'm finding lately everybody I talk to is melatonin, 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 and melatonin for their kids. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend anyone, but that is never going to be an option for me. I've had multiple parents say to me, um, my youngest isn't a great sleeper. She never has been. I just think really, truly, she doesn't need as much sleep as her older sister does. So she takes her longer to fall asleep. She wakes up earlier, like those kinds of things, right? It's you. (laughs) She is you. This is your fault that I'm tired. I don't need sleep. Pardon me? No, you yeah, you're you're a whole other being. I'm not even sure if you're human sometimes. Yeah. Like he'll get up at <laughs> three o'clock in the morning and he's up for the day. Oh my god! Like what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, I, I would love to test your adrenal glands and see what they're what they're actually doing. <laughs> yeah. But what are your thoughts on this melatonin trend? Like, I'm so over people telling me, well, have you tried melatonin? Like, no, no, no. So my, yeah, my perspective on melatonin is it's a hormone, right? So when you're giving your body a free hormone, it's innately going to stop upregulating it or stop Mm -hmm. producing it. So the scary thing that I find, not scary, the, the issue that I have with melatonin, it's the conversion after serotonin. Right. So so melatonin goes, it, it's tryptophan to 5-HTP to serotonin to melatonin. So if you're giving free melatonin at that end of the conversion cycle, then what's, what's happening, happening to this chain? Right. Yeah. What's happening to the chain? What happens to, in my fear, is what happens to serotonin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I've like even seen it in practice where a lot of postmenopausal women try the melatonin thing and then they come off and they're like, you know, a bit sad. I was going to say it's got to be linked somehow to depression or anxiety. Like for sure. Well, and like anxiety and, and stress is so, so intertwined with our sleep, right? Like I read this thing the other day and it's so true. Like we caffeinate ourselves all day to stay awake and then we medicate ourselves at night to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Like where everyone's doing the lorazepams and all that stuff to fall asleep at night, which yeah, yeah. is crazy that that's you know, the acceptable society that we live in. But we're also like, we're all functioning in this state of sympathetic drive, right? Yep. Like our bodies all think we're running away from the bear. We don't know like if it's safe or not. And even just like the way our bodies interpret busyness, even if someone's like, oh, I'm not stressed. If you're super busy, that's what your body it thinks you're surviving. Well, and that's why people always get sick when they're on vacation totally. because you've been running Turn on adrenaline for, you know, six months and then you finally get two weeks off and you get sick. Right. Well, that's because your body doesn't know how to relax. Right. Like you've you've completely lost. People don't that. know how to be in parasympathetic anymore, no. which is rest, relaxation, digestion, and sexual function. So it's funny. All the sleep people always have digestive stuff, right? Like that's it's all parasympathetic yeah. related. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily think melatonin. It, it might work for some people, and it might be a great prescription for some people if there's some kind of. Um, you know, conversion misalignment. I feel weird that melatonin is over the counter. Because yeah. it is a hormone, yeah. I feel like it should be something that a healthcare professional is telling you, yes, you need this or no, you don't. And, but, and it's pretty groggy. Like, I don't find people feel good on it. No, people I would wake up. Groggy. I've never taken it. But as I said, I've had multiple friends and colleagues and some of them might even be listening to this and saying, wow, because I usually don't say anything. I mean, maybe it's an opportunity to educate people, but I usually don't yeah. say anything when they suggest to me, well, have you tried melatonin? I'm just like, eh. Yeah, and I just but again like that's like that's so you know this like quick solution society like what don't you want to know why you're not sleeping right don't you want to figure out like 
or, or wouldn't it be useful to figure out like why your parasympathetic nervous system isn't functioning mm-hmm. and why your sympathetic nervous system is so overstimulated? Yeah, and, like, I, 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 I would, agree. I don't think a lot of people care. I really don't. They just you don't think a lot of people care about like like the why? root cause. Of, yeah. yeah, but then again, if people either. if people are concerned with with outcome and cost, do you want to take melatonin every single day for the rest of your life? Yeah, because I feel like once you start, then that's it. You've got to unless you actually then go to somebody like Dr. Kate and figure out why this is a problem to begin with and start doing proper protocols. If you're just popping melatonin all the time, then you're just going to have to keep popping melatonin Mm -hmm. all the time. I literally have a coffee mug that says like, coffee until wine and i feel like that <laughs> describes our society so well it, totally yeah right and most of us use like a lot of people use alcohol to fall asleep yeah but then we all can't stay awake during the day it's so funny and, like our, <laughs> our systems are off right? yeah or, i saw a meme recently that said uh, i think it was called mom somnia and it was like the feeling of being tired all day and then the kids finally go to bed and you can't sleep yeah the real thing <laughs> yeah, it's a real it disease real, it is a real thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's where everyone's at. So my, I don't prescribe melatonin. I just don't even want to risk like interfering with that conversion cycle because serotonin obviously is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think there's better ways to like actually treat the root cause. Like pe- all these people aren't like generically not sleeping because they're all deficient in melatonin. Right. And like your pineal gland makes, does all those conversions. That's, that's where it's converted. So like if your pineal gland is off, which like maybe let's treat that. Right. So you can give like homeopathically, you can give pineal gland, you can mm-hmm. do gran- glandular remedies where you give animal pineal gland. Like you can do things that will help you upregulate your serotonin and melatonin without having to just dump your system with melatonin. Yeah. I feel very weary of anything that's messing with my endocrine system, period. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was old enough to actually understand this because I don't I don't know how old you are. You look very young. Oh. <laughs> but I'm 36. She looks amazing. Everybody, oh. <laughs> everybody do what Dr. Kate does because her and I are the same age. And I feel like I'm sitting here with somebody 10 years younger than I am. Um, that is the nicest compliment. Do do what she does, trust me. But I know that when I was 15, so when you were 15, weird. Um, <laughs> when, when we were 15, it was like a normal thing that teenagers in our generation, we started the birth, birth control, control pill. pill. Totally. Whether you were sexually active or not, you did because doctors would tell you, oh, it will regulate your, your period. It will yeah. clear your skin. And so like every other one of my 15 year old friends or 16, somewhere in there, I went on the birth control pill. Yeah, I don't think same. this was a thing same. when... when- when I was 15. Maybe not. You're yeah. much older than we are. Yeah. <laughs> much, much. <laughs> but but yeah, when I was a teenager, everybody was on the pill. It was yeah. just normal. And it wasn't even weird to ask your parents for it because it, you didn't have to necessarily have the sex talk because it wasn't about that. You weren't taking it for birth control. You were taking it for all these other but things. But I think we were all taking it in our parents' hope that it was birth control and we never had to have the conversation. Right. If they could just say like, this will give you great skin and a great period. And we maybe were all that, like, okay. And maybe that was it. Maybe the doctors were, you know, helping all of our parents out. Like, let's just get totally. all these girls on birth control. But anyway, the point is once I got into my early 20s and I started to be able to think for myself a little bit, yeah. I remember, so Mark and I met, um, I was 23, I turned 24 just after we had met. You were 24. That was your name. That was my nickname, my yeah, yeah, because I was so much younger. His friends just called me 24. 24. <laughs> but anyway. Do they still? That's amazing i wish no i did 24th birthday again i definitely don't look 24 anymore but you um, look great stop thanks dr kate well (laughs) uh yeah somewhere around the time that i had met mark and started dating him um 
I had to have a conversation with him and I was like, I don't feel good about taking birth control anymore. Like I've been literally taking this for almost a decade and I don't know what it has done to my insides, but I don't want to do it anymore. And I remember that there, there would be times where it would make me nauseous depending on the time of day I took it. Or if I missed a pill and had to double up, I would feel like death. And I was like, this can't be good for me. So I went off the pill like just as I got into a serious relationship. So I was like, mm. let's have a chat right. because I'm right. not, t- I'm not doing it. I'm not right. taking this anymore. Yeah. And I felt so much better going off that pill. Yeah. I mean, it really made me actually understand my body and understand my cycle. It wasn't predetermined by right. little is, tiny like, pills. Why aren't we teaching young girls that? Why aren't we giving them the power to understand their cycles and understand how, you know, it's, it's regulated and like all their feelings and mm-hmm. everything that is associated with, your menstrual cycle, like instead of empowering them and getting them to to follow it or, you know, even like take their temperatures, we're putting a pill in their system and be like, don't worry about it. Yep. So I'll take just take it, take of. one every single day and you're fine. Yeah. It's but really the other bizarre. thing is like when I have a lot of patients that come off of it, want to get pregnant instantly and they can't. Right. And they've been taking a hormone. So their, their progesterone and estrogen balance is out totally it out takes, of whack. Yeah. It's, they say, they say, you guys, you guys over there, <laughs> you doctor people Us. say that it takes some time for your body to start regulating again. So again, I don't remember because it was so long ago, right. but eventually I could tell you down to the hour almost, you know, when I was going to be starting my period. I knew when I was ovulate, like mm. all of these things that I became really in tune with just because it was naturally what was happening. So so when Hence I got, our daughter, you know, well, exactly. scored a goal first play of the game. <laughs> yeah. Both times we decided that we were ready to have a baby, we got pregnant on the first try. Now I'm wow. not saying that's typical; that won't yeah. be everybody. And yeah. I truly know that how like how, hard, how it is. Yeah. hard it is, and I'm really grateful that we didn't have a struggle. Yeah, but. I I just knew my body so very well. Like yeah. I didn't have to really think about it. I didn't have to, you know, use ovulation sticks. I literally just right. texted him one night. And I was like, ovulating today. <laughs> <laughs> Get home now. First play of the game. And then we were pregnant. It yep. was great. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, anything with hormones. So melatonin has always been one of those things that kind of freaks me out. And I... I don't think I would ever use it unless I saw my naturopath first and she could tell me, is this something that we should even discuss or let's not even talk about it? Yeah. And like, you know, it could be suited for different cases. I I just tend to not prescribe it. I instead do a lot of pineal gland support remedies instead. Yeah. Well, this has been like super interesting. I think that at some point we might have to have you back in for a follow-up, cool. but I know you I'd and both we'll have we'll children. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to you next <laughs> okay, time. Okay, great. <laughs> but yeah, both of us have children to pick up today. So before we do sign off, is there any other questions you have for Dr. I don't Kate? think so. I think this was today was good. Today was a good intro to have you as our naturopathic doctor cool. that comes in on the regular. I'd love to. That'd be really fun. Why don't you give everyone your, your yeah, contact info? Let's, if people want to find you, how do they find great. you? Great. So my website is... Um, www.katehunterND.com katehunterND.com um, and then you can also email me so it's dr.katehunter1 at gmail.com but all my contact stuff's on my website so if you just go to that you can find me right on. perfect so thank you so much for coming thank you all guys the way here. Really great. Awesome. you guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone peace